All right. So I got Brian Swift back uh, on the podcast, and we've got some stuff to talk about. I want to, we, we talked about it off the podcast, but I want to go through it in detail because I'm going to do this ride that you've got going on uh, March 28th, and I'm going to be hitting people up for sponsors. Um, uh, I don't know what is the, like if someone sponsors, it's, it's one day only, right? Exactly. It's, okay. it's actually probably even a half a day. I'd love to see everybody try to get out and ride. Obviously, we've got people in different parts Ooh, of the we don't country. Get a soon that so, yeah, crazy. I mean, you know, I got people in Texas, people in Florida, people in Georgia that have, have you know, jumped on board and want to help raise funds uh, for SOAR, and, and they and and they love being outside, which is what SOAR is about, getting people outdoors, and they love exercising. So we're kind of combining it, you know, SOAR outdoors and. Everybody, everybody can go at their own pace. So if somebody wants to use a hand cycle, they could do that. If somebody wants to use a, a, a wheelchair, they could do that. If somebody wants to use therapeutic trike, they could do that. So we're not limiting it. It's just about getting so outdoors. Just army and, crawl if I want to. If go for it, man. If you want to, if it's outdoors, I'd say giddy up. So we just want to get people out and. Um, have them push themselves. And when right, I say so push themselves, I don't mean. Let's explain what what so people understand what SOAR actually does. Now, SOAR sure. is Brian's nonprofit um, situation, and what they do is you provide uh, equipment. We provide and equipment, grants, uh, collaboration to get people back outdoors. And everybody's. People that are in chairs, people that are in handicapped. Right. Yeah. So, um, and uh, when I first got injured, I was taken on a camping trip that. For me, I didn't need like the extra push, right? I was always out doing stuff anyway. I was trying to figure out ways that I could get hunting. I could do whatever I could do. I was taking my kids fishing. But it was kind of terrific. Uh, when we went and did it, they had um, a guy that brought bikes out, a guy that for, for handicapped guys, so hand bikes. And uh, so it was like just a, uh, I don't know if they called it an incumbent bike or not. Yeah. Okay, so you're sitting in a seat. They had the so they got the one that's like you know real low to the ground. That's like the sport model. Then they got the one that looks like you're just in a big tricycle. Yeah. Riding it's sort of the one for a guy like me. I was told the tricycle thing is pretty much where you're gonna go, just because I can manage that myself to transfer into it and stuff. Yeah. Where the one that's on the ground, I'm never gonna unless I got a group of people to pick me up and throw me back in exactly. my chair. It's not gonna happen. Um. So on this camping trip, they had camping, which they. You know, helped you set up your tent and everything else, set up your little camp. They provided food and everything else, which was nice just to get out and be in the outdoors like that. Then they had the a guy showed up with a big truck trailer full of bikes, and they would, you know, hook you up and Velcro your hands if you needed them to yeah. the to the uh, pedals of your hands, hand bikes. And then um, they had another guy that brought a whole thing of kayaks and. They didn't know what to do with me because I was like one of the only quads there, a bunch of paras there, which they just grabbed. You know, all they could do is sure. get their ass in that kayak and go. And for me, they the duct taped my hands to the, the the paddle, and I went. And if you didn't have outriggers, which I tried to kayak, and with our lack of balance, if well, it was once tough. you hit waves, yeah. I know for me, I, I was done. Right, right. I mean, right, I was out right. of the kayak real quick. Sure, so. sure, sure. And then with the third thing they had was rock climbing. So they set up this thing on a cliff, and it was really just a ratchet system. But the guy that, me, the guy that's paralyzed, you worked the ratchet. So right. you were like, and you were up, up, up. It wasn't technically rock climbing, but I think we went up like 
30 or 40 feet up this side of the thing. You got a good view, and it was nice to be out doing this sort of thing. You were harnessed in. If you're a rock climber, you're harnessed in for the most part, unless you're one of these wackadoos that are climbing free, you know, free climbing guys. But uh, so it was awesome. And I want to say all those things were nonprofit sort of situations. So they exactly. they put this on. Now, when, you know, people need to understand that there's administrative cost in nonprofit. So it takes people's time. It takes, you know, like I fully expected the guy that brought the kayaks to make all the gas money back and make money for his time for the day being there. Because what he also does is he rents kayaks in Chicago to able-bodied right. people. That's his business. And camps like you went to are thriving out there. Um, and one of them that we're in contact with is called Camp Possibilities. They do exactly that. And the average person who comes costs them approximately $4,500. That's the cost of having helpers. That's the cost of bringing in the kayaks, the cost of, of bringing in the guy with sure. with the rock climbing, the cost of insurance. They have to insure themselves. Right. So all these, there are costs um, that do have to be covered. Again, not that they're looking to make a profit, but they have to at least cover their costs so that next year comes around, they can get out even, maybe 20% more people. Uh, well, if a guy can't, if a guy can't even feed himself while doing something, then he can't come back next year and do it because he's dead. He didn't eat. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm all I'm all for a guy being able to sustain himself and 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 provide the service because, you know, people out there that are um, not um, paralyzed, they're not, they're not disabled in any way. They get depression just from wintertime being sitting around exactly. not doing anything. So then you take somebody who, the 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 funny thing about. Uh, the like the paralyzed crowd is we're generally some of the most active people out there because that's how we got paralyzed most of us were you know skiing skydiving uh playing football doing construction so like right. i was a guy that if there was a rain day before i was injured i would just pace the floor i was an absolute man like you can't you can't keep me and then uh, i think i went eight months or nine months when I first got paralyzed with no car. So like the only time I got to get out was when someone picked me up and you know took me out I, I went years and until I got, and I stayed busy and, and had a lot of support, but um, you go nuts. I mean, well, just, right. if, depression is, a, right. if a depression is a thing for people who are able-bodied, you got to multiply that by something because you're literally a prisoner in your own body, a prisoner in this chair. I mean, there's, you know, we, we were had you on the podcast the last time we talked about being paralyzed. And I think that there's things that people, I had a guy look at me one time and said, well, so what? You have to sit in a chair now. He goes, I don't mind sitting in a chair. And I go, you know what? That's not it. Um, with my kids, like I can't hug them the same as I could if I was, up doing when I before I was paralyzed, I used to take my kids and throw them in the air and catch them and all that other stuff. None of that stuff. You can't be close enough to people. If you go to a sporting event, like when I go to a wrestling tournament, all the parents are sitting up in the stands, yeah, and you're separated. I'm separated from them. Uh, you know, we you go somewhere and they've got. Uh, I used to take an outing of like 30 people to a White Sox game, and they would only let four people sit in the handicap seats, and then everybody else is yeah. down in the in the seats. So it's, there's isolation. It's a constant battle. Right. It's a bit, everything you do is a battle. Even yep. the good stuff you do, even to get to a game, as you just explained, it's a battle. Um, the parking, it's a battle because somebody's going to ultimately park next to you. And 
Do I you, used to go out with my kids that were three and five years old. They had to learn it. I had my six, seven-year-old, whatever he was. Yeah, I taught. He had to learn how to back my van out in case somebody parked next to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was out. But yeah. it, it's it is one hundred percent a blood sport being in a wheelchair. Now, no, uh, no doubt. I have had people say dumb things like, "Well, at least you get the good parking spot and stuff like that." And it's like I'll trade you anytime you'd like. Yeah. If you want the good parking spot, you can have that. And I'll just walk around. Thanks. Uh, I I'm not a guy that ever watched uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I have this season. The last episode was he got himself a parking placard, and they like mm-hmm. he grabs JB Smooth, and they just run around doing all the goofy things you would do if you had a parking placard, like you know busy places, and they get to park up front and everything else. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, but in, to a point you brought up earlier, and, and I agree that most of us got hurt being active. The the shame of it is, and this is why we started Soar, was that they lose that enthusiasm for life. So many lose that enthusiasm. You you lose it. You're forced to lose it because you can't just pick up and go. Nope. And then you're dependent on other people. Uh, the Some of the really bonuses that I saw to the camping trip stuff was people were able to bring their families, and then their families had a good time. There's all kinds of time that your family is put... Like I said, I want to do a podcast with your wife because there's a family aspect to this that it's a drag you're slowing us down. We can't go where we want to go. We can't ride the rides we want to ride. All this stuff goes on. So it's nice to have activities that there's not a drag, you know? Totally agree. My boys have never known me any other way. So they know, like, you know, oh, dad needs me me to throw my chair in the back of the car or whatever like that. They're they're almost kind of used to it. But I think if they were hit with it when they were 15, they'd be maybe rebel a little bit. Be like, oh, I got to freaking take care of this guy. Probably. Probably. I don't like taking care of a guy in a wheelchair. Let alone, and I'm the guy in the wheelchair. So I can imagine that there's times where everybody's not perfect. So you got to be like, all right, I'm sick of having to do this thing for this guy. Uh, the camping trips and stuff like that, the kayaking, at least it's a it's a vacation. It's a break. It's yes. a thing to go exactly. do something fun with your family and right. stuff. And if you find something, you know, uh, one of the sponsors for the bike thing was a bike shop that sold all the bikes. That makes sense, right? Because okay. then someone will come in and be like, you know what? I really want to do that and everything else. And I seriously mulled over buying a bike. The hardest thing was, like you had said earlier, how do you get it somewhere? Yeah, exactly. It, it is a trick. Um, it does. It, it, there's no way that single-handedly you could get that in even a van. Right. Um, well, I got a friend of mine who, for the, the – so – my goal, and I've never said anything except for to, to Brian, is Mantino does a triathlon that is a three-mile, I believe it's a three-mile run, a quarter-mile swim, and an 11-mile bike ride. Correct. It's, a, it's called a sprint. Right. And I want to do all three. I want to try. I mean, I know it's going to be a, a bear, um, but I want to do all three, and I want to do... So I got somebody that's that's got a connection with a bike guy, and they're going to see if they've got something that they could fit me out with. Um, my two sons, they're wrestlers. They just pick me up and throw me anywhere they want, like literally anywhere I, they want to go. Uh, I just had the one here the one time, and he was like, uh, they had bought a little boat for the lake, and they're like, they're like, do you want to go? And I go, well, we'll wait till your brother gets here, and you can get my ass down there. He was like, I, and he picked me right up over his shoulder and carried me down the steps and put me in the boat, and I was good to go. Well, plus, you're here by the lake, so you will be able to, and I would recommend, get in, get in the lake, practice the swimming. It doesn't sound like it's a long swim, but I've done it three last three, four years. Quarter-mile swim is not an easy task. I bet. I'm gonna, I'm I, I mean, and I swim on my yeah. back. 
Um, and that's exactly where I was going. For I sure. swim on my back. Uh, it, it it it'll zap you. Yeah, uh, I was coming up with a strategy, and I, I also came up with a strategy. You said something about wheelchair boxing, and I think I've got a strategy for that too. I, yeah, I exercise with my kids. They put on boxing gloves, and I just work at blocking them. And we went. I did this yesterday actually, and I think we went for about two minutes, and I was dying. And I'm thinking two minutes. I mean, you watch these guys, and I've done it. I'm guilty. My God, they're only in there three minutes. I mean, they how many? Mm-hmm. No, I went no, two no, minutes. Right. Wow. I, With I, thirty I, seconds in between, I'm telling you, right. you, you got to be in unbelievable shape. And to get hit, I mean, I didn't get hit, or if I got hit a little bit, he had big two pound gloves on. These guys, God bless them. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I box a little bit, and it's amazing. You want to throw up after a period or two, and some of it is also. If you're if you're in a combat sport, you tense up a little bit when you're a little bit nervous with what's going to go on, and then that doesn't work for your breathing, and then you end up even more fatigued than everything else. Exactly. But uh, so but so yeah. So I've got a you know strategy for for that one. Um, you know, if my boys just pitch me in the lake, whatever, I, I, I'll go for that. I have gone uh, to wrestling tournaments and then hit the pool and to see what I could do. Like did circles in the pool, you know, just trying to, and I would. Uh, Made it a little harder on myself as far as like the hotel goes. There'd be a wrestling tournament in uh, Battle Creek, and then I would get two towns away from there, get the hotel, because then there's no one at the hotel. Because right. being a guy oh. in a chair and in the pool, I don't need 30 kids in there with me. Like, that's not going <laughs> to work out. Uh, but I did all right. Like, I was pretty good with uh, swimming like that. And before the injury, I was in, I was definitely a guy that swam all the time, you know, like yeah. I was in the water. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you've had somebody that's done all three that's been paralyzed before. I, I, I not here for the Mantino one. Okay. Um, I tried to get a team together last year to see if somebody wanted to do the bike and somebody wanted to do the run and somebody separate the swim. But I like like you, my first year, I had my one son do the ride, yeah. the bike ride, the eleven mile bike ride, and I had my other son do the three mile uh, run, and then I did the quarter mile swim. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I could do the three mile run in my wheelchair in the yep. swim the 11 mile bike is a and it's not because it's 11 miles it's the hill going over the 80 I-57, yeah, or the 57 yeah right it, it, everybody talks about it even these guys that are on bikes yeah oh, are like able body guys on bikes you know four thousand dollar bikes they've done ironman they've done half marathons and marathons they say that that hill is right it, right it'll burn you yeah, yeah, right. But no, it's, it, 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 we're a lot of like uh, the ch- the challenge is. Yeah, yeah, I just want to see. If, I, I don't really, uh, you know, I used to get in a lot of fights when I was younger, and failure, there, I think that I was tougher because I didn't care about failure. Like, if I got, I could take damage, whatever, like, we'll just see what happens. Like, I'm going to, this is going to heal. Like, this is what happens. Um, if I fail to get over the 57 thing, well, then I failed, whatever, right. what I'm going to do. No, but, it's, it, it, I'd rather try. And, and like, Absolutely. You know, like, I know there's no way that I could do do it in the chair. Like, I can't do three miles and then add another 11 to it. There's no way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to attempt for your March 28th thing with the uh, with the fundraiser. My goal is to, and I go, I know I can do it. I've done 10 miles before, but I'm going to get at least 10 miles in that day. So if I was to get sponsors, is it sponsored by the mile that they do? You know, or? however they want. Most people end up just giving, giving a certain dollar amount. Just a donation. So, yeah, a donation. And we're, we, all have the, we will all have the same link to donate to the same place. So that's good. 
we'll get that out on Facebook. We'll get that out uh, on email to people who aren't on Facebook. Um, but it's just about supporting people with disabilities and, and us being able to continually help other people get out. Whether that get out is uh, sitting by a campfire, whether it's out hunting, whether it's out skiing, whether it's just sitting by a bonfire, um, as we've all been through, it, it's not easy. And the more you get out, the, as you've the, lived, well, the, you know, the more being, you get out, the, 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 yeah. the more life opens up. The more life opens up, the more you're willing to attack it. The more you're willing to attack it, the easier it is to kind of deal with and cope with. And I think being out, getting people outdoors definitely helps them cope and deal with our daily I think rhythms. there's an added thing to what you're doing because I'd go camping. I've gone camping with my kids. Just go camping. So we would hitch the pontoon boat, take it down to Lake uh, Shelbyville, whatever, hit a campground and we're camping right we've got the i got a big van pontoon boat on the back we got all the camping gear in there i can camp what you're doing is you're making camping accessible which makes it even better for a guy that that's paralyzed because you know it's nice if you're somewhere where things are made so that you can use them and things are like taking uh the the trip that i went on camping was up at the mississippi uh um it's like a there's some kind of uh, it was like north and obviously west to the Mississippi River, but it was like the Mississippi Palisades or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was a lot of parking lot that they were they were utilizing. And then the campground gave us a parking lot. So like, are right, we going to like not let people use this? So then when you were like getting food, like they set up the tents for all that stuff on pavement. So then you could just bust around. You could do everything you wanted to do. Sure. You then we were like we were out there. I can't throw a football, but I can catch one. So. Like, I'd, I'd catch the football and then hand it off to the, the guy next to me, and he'd launch it, and then, you know, the guy would throw it, and I would catch it. And that was fun. It was great to get out and, yeah, and exactly. do things that you hadn't done. Um, you know, I keep my sanity in the wintertime by my schedule is I, I did eight miles this morning um, at the mall. Now, that's my workout for today. I'm done. But tomorrow, I'll hit a workout in my manual chair out in my gym, and then... Uh, it's three days of working out. So I, I'll do um, like a pec deck uh, with that. I'll do flies where I'm lifting the weights out to my side. And then I'll do uh, tricep extensions uh, in the gym from this chair. Then the next day I'll be in a power chair that lays flat. I'll do the three different sets of bench press. So I'll do like an incline, flat, and a decline. And then I'll do uh, skull crushers, when I, just free weights on, on a curl bar. And then I pull up to a bench where I've got some dumbbells and I'll do military press. I grab my arm rest because I don't have trunk control and I'll press a dumbbell over my head to do military press and then I switch hands and, and go this way. The bad thing about me is my symmetry is so bad. So like I'll, I can press uh, 16 times a 40 pound dumbbell on this side but it's a, it's a 15 on this side. Triceps okay. just aren't there. Like I just don't yeah. have them, you know. So, and I mean, I I focus more on form and stuff because I could cheat it and grab this thing and yank myself and throw this thing and do all this weird shit. But that's not that's not no. working the muscles. So, uh, but that's my so I go three days of lifting, then a day of cardio where I go for two and a half hours to get my eight miles, and then I'm right back to lifting again. Now, I go seven days a week because my job before I was injured was general contractor. Every day I lifted shit. Every day I did stuff like that. If I don't do that, I feel like I'm getting fat. I feel like I'm, you know what I mean, sort of thing. And then I eat pretty healthy anyway. Like uh, this morning it was like uh, two eggs. I mean, I wouldn't say it's 
Like, I'm not eating celery or any shit like that. Like, I, I've eaten two or three eggs and some sausage, two or three eggs and some bacon. Um, I kind of, I haven't had a donut in 15 years. Uh, and I stay pretty thin as, as far as that goes. Yeah, you have. You know, uh, but it, it that's a job. I'm positive that if I just ate whatever the fuck I wanted to eat and spent maybe months where I didn't do shit, I'd probably get big, like, no problem. Gaining weight's a problem. I'm I'm one of those problem people. I used to be uh, much thinner, but uh, now you look like you get around pretty good. And how old are you? I'm fifty-eight. Fifty-eight, right? So you got ten years on me. And I'm 40, forty-eight. Forty years in the wheelchair. Right. Um, right. No, I've been blessed. But, oh, I would uh, say you've been. I see people that are in really like you were talking about your you know elbows getting a little worn out. There's people that have shoulder replacements and everything else because uh, you're. A hip is a joint that's made for you to walk on. A shoulder's not. No. It's Just, not meant to be weight-bearing. Right, right. And that's and what we you are have to do, transferring, yeah, absolutely. pushing your wheelchair. Yep. It's all weight-bearing. Right. So. I can't even imagine. I should one time try and – I have the focus of a squirrel, so I, I can't do it. But uh, when, I, when I'm doing my miles, I, like I said, I'm, I usually have a podcast that's German in my ear, so I'm listening to German conversations because I, I speak some German. And uh, and it just sharpens me up. It's like two and a half hours of listening, immersing myself in that. But there are times where I'm doing those miles and I forget that I'm listening to that. And like I've started thinking about other shit and it's gone. But uh, I should one time count like how many pushes it is for me to go a mile. Because the repetitive motion is probably terrible as, as far as that goes. What I try and do is uh, like they got baseball pitchers that they've learned that um, doing the opposite motion with a weight helps, you know, reduce the damage that you're doing because they're overdeveloping the front of their shoulder and under push your wheelchair backwards. Yeah, I try that, but I don't roll anti tippers. And if I bump into anything, oh. I'm right over. Yeah, I, I have the anti tippers. I can't. I mean, rolling backwards though, that will work the crap out of your triceps, and it really does help with the pain. Because as you said, you're strengthening that back part that you're not. Yeah, doing pulling right. pulling the other way. My other issue is is that like when I'm pushing forward, um, my back's against the backrest, so like I'm getting something to propel against. When I'm pulling this way, like I gotta constantly be like yeah, you do. throwing my head back yep. to keep this thing going. Uh, it, the the whole wheelchair thing, it is a, it's a huge pain in the ass. I've had, uh, um, I, I I do all right with the, with with girls, and I get something that talk to me and we go out and stuff and then they say something like you know i would date you and i'm like why why would i don't want to date me like like this is not fun like maybe they want the good parking spot yeah 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 right maybe that's it but i still look at it like uh for me it's still funny like uh and you've been you've been in there i'm 17 years and you're 40 you said yes i still roll by a full-length mirror and go oh what'd you do Look what you did. I don't like man. looking at myself. Oh no, 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 no. Uh I mean I'm cocky as far as uh my my mentality goes. Like I look at things from a viewpoint of if someone doesn't understand that because I'm doing everything I'm doing from a wheelchair, I'm better than you, then you don't get it. Because I'm doing everything you're doing and I'm busting around a damn wheelchair and doing it. So if I'm beating you at anything, you got problems. I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm cocky in that respect. But otherwise, like, yeah, I know my limitations. I've, I had a guy, a wrestling coach one time, challenge me to a fight. And I was like, you know I'm going to bite you, right? And he's like, uh, he's like, don't be using that chair as an excuse. 
And I go, I won't. I'm going to lose this fight, but I'm, you're going to feel a chunk missing somewhere. Uh, so, like, you know, I know my limitations as far as that goes. And then, then there's times where I don't. I'm busting down a sidewalk. I don't realize that the curb cutout's no good, and I launch myself yeah. into the into thing. You said you broke your... Broke Leg. both femurs. Yeah. Woo. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in not doing anything spectacular, I don't have a good story for that. Um, I, I just love being out, and it, it just was a, a freak thing. And after 40 years, my bones are a little weak. But, uh, yeah, that's cost me four months in a hospital bed because I couldn't oh. put pins in them. They couldn't put casts on them. I could not. They couldn't. Yeah. I mean, the, the, all the things they couldn't do was to heal them, and they couldn't do any of it. So I basically had to sit in bed with soft cats on, casts on and opening and closing them about every four hours so you didn't get... Now, have you had x-rays since? Yeah. And did everything go back together the yeah. right way? Wow. Yeah, I mean, they, they said your legs aren't straight, and that bothered me, like, not at all. As I told them, well, I'm not looking at walking right now. I just, no, I just right. don't need complications. I want to figure out how to heal as quick as I can, as fast as I can, the best I can, without complications and... and you know, knock on wood and God bless, I didn't have any complications with the exception of probably a kidney stone or two from being so sedentary and yeah, yeah, having yeah. to lay around. So, but you know what? That, as my dad says, that builds character. I mean, you get through it, you figure it out, sure. you deal with it, and you move on. When I first got paralyzed, a uh, girl I was dating, she would set me up with all these. Uh, some of them were just goofy, like uh, surveys and stuff like that, but I was taking all these tests. Where I would go in and they would like test my spasms. And I would go to RIC and they put me in the robot and then like test things and stuff like that. They'd pay you a hundred dollars a day. And some of the tests, though, some of the tests were pretty cool. Like they'd send a fucking car out, like a limo, to come get me. And it was just a wow. Cadillac, you know what I mean, car. Sure. But the guy would throw my chair in the back and drive me to the city. I would do the test and come back. They did one where they put my put me in like this seat and they put my foot in a thing where they jerked it like really violently kind of jerked my foot up and then they had a bunch of leads on me testing my spasms with it they broke my ankle when they oh, did wow. it and uh now like if i have a time where um i'm running all the time and i, and I don't get i sleep probably about six and a half hours a night that's that's about what i need and uh but i need to be in bed for like eight or nine because the feet oh, swelling thing. Yeah. But right now, my right leg foot swells up more than my left one does from that situation. I've got one bad leg that swells up. And there's, I, I think it's from, I used to catch for my kids when they would pitch. And my one leg used to get hit all the time. And it will never... Damage the blood vessels or oh, something yeah. like that, yeah, that sort of thing. Right now, so I'll have weekends where uh, sectionals, I had to go down for the boys. And I talked to a couple people that, that you know able body people and i'm like they're like what are you gonna do and i go oh i just jump in the van with my pack my bag and i go right. and if i have to bring a shower chair then i i get in my power chair and i load my shower chair myself in the back of the van and then i go and they're like you drive five hours by yourself to a hotel get out go to a hotel and then get a room and i'm like yeah because i'm a grown-ass man and uh they're like, with no one with you. And I'm like, yeah, no, no one's with me. And they're like, now I feel bad for opening every door for you. And I'm like, well, don't, you know, I don't mind you opening the damn door for me. That's fine. But you shouldn't assume that I can't function on my own as far as that goes. Now, there are things freedom-wise that I see that's geared towards what you're talking about. When I see, I used to go to Canada on a fly-in trip. 
and it was you drove 18 hours. Well, we we would drive like uh, 10, hotel it, and then drive the other eight, and it was to the end of roads. So like there are no more roads. Just a couple logging roads that make it in in and out. But you're not driving those in your car, and then they put you on a pond jumper, and you go another 110 miles north of there, and they dump you off in a cabin that your cabin has six lakes. So you're on a big lake, and then there's portages where you can like walk uh, mm-hmm. you know, through the woods a little bit, maybe you know, the most like four blocks, half a mile where you walk. And I used to just grab the motor off, throw the motor on my shoulder, grab the gas can and to the next lake, throw it on the boat that's there, and then go fishing. I miss that terribly. I miss being able to just all-terrain go anywhere. Now, with what you do, like you were showing me and there's videos on YouTube, uh, the freewheel setup, and it was pretty neat. Like these guys, there were guys that were doing the videos and they were quads. So like the guy was totally, you know, really no hand function, and he showed you what he could do in the grass. It was shit. And I'm actually not that bad in the grass. Like I can make their through, they're pretty good as long as it's not super terrainy. Right. But this guy put that freewheel on there, and he was, like, oh, yeah. all over the place. Especially so when you start to deal with, you know, sticks or branches being around and other things. It just, it really does free, right. free up. Everything. Right. The freewheel thing, is, what it is, is it's a it's a one wheel. Our casters are anywhere from three to eight inch casters on the front of a, a thing. And if anyone's ever been on a um, skateboard and you hit a really nice piece of gravel and you flew off the skateboard because the thing stopped dead right there, or roller skates, something like that. Uh, it's like that, right? Yeah. So you're in this chair, the little tiny casters hit a branch or something like that, yeah. and it stops. You got to do a wheelie to get over that thing and then, then keep going. The back wheel is no problem. This is like a 12-inch right. wheel in the front. It's on a bracket that they've got it where it's tilted. So when it's when it's folded out, your, your chair is on the ground. When it folds back in like a caster does... It actually picks you up. Yeah. So your front little caster wheels are a couple inches off the ground, and you just bust over stuff. It, then yeah. you're essentially on a trike. You got your three wheel. Exactly, bike. but it, you you can stay in your wheelchair. It mounts to almost any footrest, yeah. and the quad that had it was mounting it himself. Yeah. Like you know. I mean, it it it, it really is a, a nice item that more people should have. It really does open up some of the outdoor areas. Oh yeah, no, that I bet. Would be crazy difficult to get to. Um, or through it all, and uh, unlike most items, it's not cheap, um, unfortunately. But no, uh, right, I mean, right. but that's why we do what we do. But it looks like a quality thing that's made tough. Yeah, I know a lot of people who use it, and I mean, I a couple guys that are probably busting three hundred pounds and have them on, and it's durable. It's right, crazy durable. Right, right, right. But and th- this is why this that this is this is what springs this whole soar outdoors. Is to help raise money so that we can offer grants to get people this free wheel and, and get people the equipment they need to get back outdoors. Start yeah, doing honestly, if I was need. camping with that free wheel on there, I would be going. Oh, you'd be oh, totally different. Yeah, I totally go places. And there's some nice spots just uh, by the Kinky River. Rivers, yeah. a lot of times, it's a very gradual, like for for a long distance to right. the water and everything else. Now, I've always. You said something that kind of like, I was like, oh, really? I've always stayed super clear of water with my chair. You said that when you did the swim, you just pulled yourself into the water in your regular yeah. chair. Yeah. Now, the front little casters, I don't know how you do with yours, but for mine, like I get 
and it looks hilarious. But like hair wrapped around. Oh, the hair for the gold retriever. We both have goldens. Um, but I get a hammer and a chisel or a screwdriver out when those bearings are shot and i pound them out myself and then pound in with a rubber mallet the new ones so those are in there but i know that those get wrecked from snow like i get snow packed in there and then they rust out and then they're they're ruined so i've been like totally stayed away from water uh i've had the same chair in and out of that lake probably 10 times and never no, didn't rust anything out no, or nothing. Not a problem. Boy, I'm, I've been missing not, out there. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, and basically, to make it as easy as possible, just kind of rolling backwards with help, uh, let the water basically up to the to the seat level and just uh, flop over the side, uh, and you're in. And you I've, can get out to almost the been, same way. I've only been swimming three times, but it's by far the best freedom I've ever oh, had with the chair because you're now now I'm sort of weightless. Mm-hmm. You can move around as you want to. I mean, everything with the wheelchair thing is it's a pain in the ass. Like I got a king size bed that I get on, and the dresser's on the other side of the bed because the room the bedroom here is small compared to my last place. So when I get on the bed, like I got to army crawl all the way over there, get the Catholic kid, get my clothes for the day, all the other stuff. That's a pain in the ass. Swimming is great. Oh man, I'm moving everywhere without doing a thing. Oh, it is. Like it is. I think the you know two hundred years in the future from here, they're gonna have to figure out some like anti gravity shit for a guy that's paralyzed. They don't figure out how to fix a spinal cord by then. Uh, but so I'm gonna with your advice, I'm gonna like definitely be swimming a lot more. Because, yeah, no, we've you know. used the same chair. Um, we'll hose it off afterwards. I mean, that'd be the only thing I tell somebody. So, you know, you get out and you, you got sand on you and we hose it off and I have not had an issue with it. And it's the same chair right. for three well, or four that, years. The other thing nice about the swimming is if you got a girlfriend, the, the chair thing, like I said, the isolation is tough. Now, most of the girls I've dated, they're sitting on my lap riding around all the time like that anyway. Um, but it's nice to get close to someone and be mobile too, sort of a thing. Like uh, I've got over here, I've got that standing frame. Like I like to stand up. I'm six foot tall and it's weird when I stand up because people are like, geez, you're a lot taller than you look because when they got you crunched in the chair. But I'm still in this contraption that nobody can get near me sort of a thing. Like I've taken pictures where I got my arms around my boys and stuff like that. But like I think I surely did and my son surely did miss out on you know, uh, wrestling with them, like getting on the mat and rolling around. Uh, I, with I get it because I'm a very, I can't, I've come from a very touchy, I wrestled with my dad as a kid, boxed with my dad as a kid, played yep. football with my dad as a kid, played basketball, you know, one on one. I still play one on one with my kids. They just have a little easier time beating <laughs> me. But um, I remember the first couple times my kids fell somewhere and I was, get up. No, just get up. And I probably looked like a bitter guy in a wheelchair, but I couldn't pick him up. Yeah, right. And I couldn't physically pick up my chair. So they had to learn to pick themselves up and then come over me. And then I can get my arm around you and throw you on my lap to see what's wrong. But when my kids fell when they were little, it was get up. I think that is some of the things like the arm around you, like you were saying. For me, like I remember times where... Uh, a parent or something was sitting next to me on the couch and they had their arm around me and everything else. With these damn wheels next to me, I'm never in that situation. Uh, I would go to wrestling tournaments. My son started when they were six. I'd see parents in the stands with their kids on their laps or the kids next to them. I'm never that guy. I almost felt like, man, are my kids going to have a disconnect 
physically from because I grew up in the same kind of family. My grandfather, oh my God, this guy, my grandmother was uh, Irish, tough, really tough woman. She was not the most kissy, touchy person in the world, but my German grandfather, holy shit. This guy, the first time I went to Canada with a guy, I was like 12 or 13 years old. I didn't know what the situation was. Come on, get in the bed right here. And I mean, this guy wanted to sleep like like spooning oh, yeah. with me and I'm, I'm like oh my god it was my grandfather like right next to me you know what i was used to it i liked it the guy was a terrific guy i didn't care but like my kids have never had that situation with me because it's a big pain in the ass and then the other thing is with me like clothes are an encumbrant thing so like sleeping wise i don't know how you do it but i sleep buck naked like i'm naked every time i go to bed i'm the same way yeah right because i want to be able to roll over do everything i want to do and not be like right. trying to mess with fucking clothes so i'm not sleeping with my fucking kids naked so no, right. if i go to a hotel with the kids i bring a pair of boxer briefs right, exactly but and I, and I no shirt no yeah nope, no, no i don't no, want to no, deal no, with no, it right right, right. The only thing stays on me are my socks because i'm too lazy to take them off and put them on there you go there you go there you so. go uh but so yeah so the the, the camping stuff's awesome i'm going to put the, on the YouTube video, I'm going to be putting the uh, link to right. the, the sore thing. And then um, I have, I talked to you on the phone. I have not had the time. Is there, you sent me the email. Is there a, so there's a place that they, they're going to go to sponsor me or to make a donation? Yeah, there's a link in, and I'll show it to you and you'll be able to put that on Facebook. Or if you send out, like I said, I've got people that are, that have been awesome with supporting sore. But they're not Facebook people, you know. So I kind of do it in three different ways. I I'll send out emails to people that I know that aren't Facebook people. Mm -hmm. I'll also put it on Facebook, and and then the other the other thing I'll do, and it's amazing. Technology has come on. Is uh, I'll text text it to some people, and it's amazing the people that will answer a text right away. And then believe it or not, I'll have probably send out fifty pieces of snail mail to other people. Because they're not on their computer a lot, they they don't look at Facebook, and these people are in their fifties, sixties. They're they're not it's not right. like ninety years old, but just to reach them snail mail in case I miss them through okay Facebook. Now you said when you got here today, you said something about finishing. I didn't realize we were competing either. No, well, no, I'm. Not, that's my thing. I. I Oh, no, Everything that, I do is a competition. Right, that's my thing. That. That's my thing. Right. So, I, I do this app for German. It's called Duolingo. And they set you, like, so I started doing it. I liked it because it's like phrases and stuff like that. And it's just a game that I'm playing. Then I realized that they are having you compete in a pool with 50 people. And it's it's a week. So you're, like, scoring points for things. And oh fuck if I'm not first every goddamn time because and I, I I mean I have a whole strategy on it like I'll do it where I sneak right up on somebody and then right before the time lap that the end is it then I jump ahead of them if I jump ahead of them before that they'll try and jump way ahead of me I try and sandbag a little bit stay right behind them and then boom hit first place so but that has made it that I I'm probably doing my uh, German language for two hours a day where I'm trying to get those points because I'm. You know, I want to be. So it's it's we're competitive not, we're not technically competing against each well, you're other. You're saying that because I are. actually one of the guys that's going to do it is from Texas, and he is coming down to uh, Kentucky and doing a I think it's a, a 5K, uh, a timed 5K. But uh, I mean, for me, you know, I I like you. I'm very competitive, but 
for me, it's competing against myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, I've got to be the best I can be. And, and really if, if Bill's thing. a better Bill than me, if Bill can do more than me, that's great. I want to try to catch that. But if as long as I did better than what I can, you know, I, I got to just keep pushing myself. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I mean, there's no way to do that uh, comparison with people that are in chairs anyway because no. if, like we had talked last time, the difference between me and a guy that's a pair is the difference between the pair and the guy no. walking walking around. So, like, uh, I got an argument on Facebook with one of your pair of friends who was, boy, that dude is jacked. Holy cow, it's a big, big guy. But uh, he's para, obviously. You can yeah. see it on him sort of a thing. So, like, me to compete with him would be, no. like, that's impossible. No, it, 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 it doesn't solve anything. I mean, and we both are very competitive. Most of the people I know that are are involved whether they're in a wheelchair or not are, are mostly competitive people and there's nothing wrong with that i think i think it's if you, as long as you keep it healthy but you know for me i i want to be able to try to push myself and i haven't i know you're doing eight seven or eight miles already in a ride and this sunday i went out it was nice it was 50 degrees sun was out i only got about three miles in but uh I know what I got to do to get where I need to go. Yeah, so for me, it works out that, because I, like I said, I do that workout where it's like four days worth of working out. There's seven days in a week. So some weeks I'm hitting eight miles. Other weeks I'm hitting 16. The average is, is that I do about 12 miles a week in the chair. Now, there are times where real estate for me is starting to heat up. I'm starting to get busy. That's and awesome. I don't have the time to get, because it, sure. it takes hours to do this. Um, and I don't get my miles in, but I'm bummed about that situation. And I will find ways to, like, make work it, that try out. to make it up in yeah. the gym. Try oh, to make it I up would in- take my boys to practice in Indiana. The way that their practice was, it was in a gym, and there was a hallway around the outside of the gym in the school. I would just do that hallway, just keep doing it. Hour and a half, their practice. I'm doing an hour and a half of this, and that, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it really what it does a lot of times for me, it affords me to go get that mint chocolate chip ice cream afterwards because oh, yeah. I'm not going to live my life where I don't eat fried chicken or I don't eat no. what I want to eat or so everything in moderation stuff. and trying to stay, staying busy is just so key, not just physically, mentally. So the whole idea of this is to, to, to get a bunch of us together and most of them are pairs, but we've had more people join and to have people Get out and push themselves that day and try to raise money for an organization that donates every penny that comes in right back out to making people accessible to the outdoors. So whether it's, you know, we're buying accessible equipment like the freewheel, whether it's helping somebody buy a a hand trike, whether it's helping somebody buy an attachment to a fishing reel so that they could actually use it, whatever it may be, or, you know, sponsoring them so they could go to this camp possibility or go to the camp that you went to. So uh, all, all the money goes, and it, it goes out quick, as you can imagine. Nothing's cheap. I'll tell you what, what, you're, what you're talking about is it, it seems like it's just a thing you're doing, but it's huge. Uh, my sons, uh, we, we had a pontoon boat, and I would go on the boat. In Illinois, if you're, a, if you're a handicapped person, you don't need a license to fish, so you can just fish. But I would go out on the boat and really not fish. And the, the reason I wouldn't fish was... Because I was, I fished at, like, we used to joke, like, there, I, I got a bunch of guys that fish that I'm friends with. There's guys that are what I consider fishermen and guys that fish. 
I was a fisherman. I was super serious. If I didn't outfish everybody, I, I did something wrong today and I better readjust my situation. And I was never a guy that was like, made excuses like they're not biting today. No, they're not responding to the techniques you're using. Fish eat every damn day. You just said you're doing the wrong things to change. Uh, so the level of fishing that I did before I was injured, I couldn't, it's like kissing my sister now. To fish. You're not going to get up into the deep woods of Canada, probably in our situation. No. And once but, you've experienced that, there's. I've been to Canada only once fishing. Once you experience that, there's nothing like it. Sure. Well, well, when I when I when I say that too, like I would go. I went to Canada two or three times a year. That that was my thing. Like I was, I would save up to be a week, um, and I would go. I went one week with my friends, one week with my father, and one week with my father-in-law. So we would go spring, fall, and then sometime in the summer. And then the summer when I'd switch up, maybe go to northern Minnesota. Just another fishing trip that I would take. And it was a way to like just uh, remove my brain from work for, for the week sure. and do what I was doing. But uh, we went to Canada on the way up there my uh, for a fly-in where there was no muskies. And, but there was northern pike. And my father or father-in-law at the time said... He goes, well, we had a musky fisherman up here, and a guy that was as serious as you. And he goes, you're probably going to catch five or six northern pike over 36 inches during the week. And I looked down, and I go, hey, I don't care. There's going to be water, woods, rocks, trees, eagles. I'm going to have a fine time. doesn't matter how the fishing is. He goes, oh, he goes, the fishing is going to be great. He goes, you know, but this guy, other guy, McDermott, caught six fish over 36 inches. I'm like, that's fine. The first day that we got there, you get to uh, the flyout post at 9 a.m. They drop you off at noon at the cabin, and then you've got until about 6 o'clock that evening to fish the first day. So only six hours. I had five fish over 36 inches in the six hours. By the end of the week, I had 28 fish over 36 inches. I had a 44-inch northern pike, which was the biggest one that they had seen, and then I had a 11-pound, which is on the wall there, or I'm sorry, 8-pound walleye. That's nice that I way. caught also, and um, by the end of the week, my father looked to me. He goes, "You're just an asshole. You're just showing off now." And I'm like, "I I studied what we were doing. We were coming up here in the last week of May. I brought things that slow rolled. I brought I brought things that I could take out of a fish quick and get back in the water. I'm serious about this shit. But so, but I was that serious about it. And when I got paralyzed. People are like, well, why don't you figure out this and figure out this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to obtain that level that I was at. So why don't I just focus on getting my kids fishing, which I did. I had fun. My son's, uh, my one boy's biggest muskie is 47 inches. He's got a real nice muskie. The other guy I think is 39 is his biggest. And for my birthday last year, they bought me the thing that mounts to the spinning rod. And I had a bunch of times in the pontoon boat, picked up a spinning rod with my spatula hands and tried it. It looked terrible. It was bad. <laughs> I know. That, I've been there. That freaking thing, though, I can cast it all the way. Yeah. I mean, a good 50 yards, I'm throwing the uh, throwing that bait. And I'm like, oh, my God, I should have done this before. Like, this was stupid. Well, and that's why I spend so much time talking to different people and, and, men, and mentoring them or, or creating fellowship and whatever their need is, is because after 40 years, I'm aware of a lot of things that some people aren't. Like dragging your chair into the water without mm-hmm. really damaging it. Right. I mean, I'm, well, that's going to just maybe because it's not salt water. Right. Just from you telling me that, though, it's going to get me to go do it. Yeah. And if you take a guy out 
and you get my sons bought me that thing and i felt so stupid that i did not buy this thing 10 years ago you know how many times i was in minnesota on a boat where i could have been fishing and i didn't fish i was just sitting there watching my kids do it i mean i wouldn't have still never would have obtained the level i was at but if but you're just getting me. a guy, I know. But mental you know that. No, block know, but, and but, but you've already been like there, that. and it's it, it, once you know, like you you mentioned, you once you get your kids out there, I mean, you you want them to but obtain what you've done. I mean, Absolutely. watching them catch a fish is more exciting than ever you catching a fish. I think I think that's guy to guy though. My dad was not a guy that wanted you to. Uh, I almost threw my dad in the lake the one time when we were in Canada at Eagle Lake because we gambled on everything. So we bet on first fish of the day. We bet on biggest fish of the day, most fish of the day, most of this species, all that stuff. So we had like a dollar in for everything, right? At the end right. of the day. Well, at the end of the week, I had most of the money. And, uh, you know, like somebody caught the first fish before me at some point. But I was also the guy driving the boat the entire week too, and I was out fishing everybody. Um, I made some cocky comment at the end of the week, you know, that I've got most of you guys' money. And he was pissed off. Like, he was, you know, like kind of lost it with me. And, you know, like, my dad was not a guy that wanted you to outdo him ever. That was not his thing. I'm the opposite. My son sees pictures of me when I was younger and I was lifting weights and I was big and muscular. And they, their uh, physiology, they're a little bit behind me as far as, like, development-wise. They didn't get puberty till like junior year summer, where I probably got it like freshman after freshman year. By the time I was a senior, I could grow a beard. They're still like you know shaving their little chin whiskers, and they're already going to be out of high school. So my one boy's like, "When am I going to catch you?" And I go, "Son, if it's up to me, you're going to catch me and then pass me. Oh my gosh, you're going to get way past me, man. Don't worry. I, about I, it. That's I, I hope my kids do. I mean, it won't that's bother me. Won't thought. bother me one bit. Right. I mean, I'm not here to compete with them. Not with them. I will. Right. I will make it as difficult as possible when, when we still do different things together. We go out skeet shooting. You know, I don't want my kid to beat me. Now, I, how how do you do that? Because that that's my next thing. Because we I just bought the boys shotguns for Christmas, and there's supposed to be an indoor skeet shooting place coming to either Wilmington or Cole City. Oh, I never heard of that. Uh, I don't know, but I'm gonna I want to go there because obviously if it's indoor, it's gonna be yeah. totally accessible. And then there's also the Kankakee area, uh, Kankakee, and I think the Displains area. Both have us just an open field right, spot where you could bring your, set own your own clays. Yes, right. They have a machine there. You bring your own clays. How just... do you, how do you do a shotgun with no torso control? Um, I put a strap on the front of it. Okay. So I could put my left hand in it because I, I can't grab it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just cheek it real well. Now I can only swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brief, right, so right, right, I gotta, right, right. I gotta shoot quick. Yep. So I get it up there and I get it cheeked and get on it and just. Swing How are you it. pulling the trigger? I just stick my whole finger in there and pull it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No misfires. Nothing like that ever yeah. happened, right? I've shot. I've gone out shooting. Uh, bench shooting only though. So like I've got the twenty two or a yeah. two two three, and I'm shooting from a bench, and that I can do. And I um. I'll go ahead and switch up and go left-handed because on my left hand, my ring finger, I can actually just pull the trigger. Oh, there you so, yeah. you know, for me, that's because, you know, when I was taught to shoot, you don't actually want to pull it. You want to squeeze, squeeze the trigger. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm jerking. Right, right, right. I right, mean, right, which right. is not good, and, and that's what what's really bad for target shooting. But on a moving clay, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, yeah, As long yeah. as I can Shotgun, stay in Shotgun, you're yeah. shooting a pattern anyway. Yeah, so. exactly, and, right. and stay in front of it. But I've been pheasant hunting. I went out pheasant hunting and... Uh, How'd you do that? 
fantastic. I, no, no, I, but like, what was the scenario? I, so they went out and they, you know, they spin the pheasant, kind of knock it out. Play oh, them. okay. So you did they cage put, birds. They plan them. Got it. I've and, never done that in my life. It's, Even it's, before I was walking around, I've never shot really a cage fun. bird. And then, um, so, I mean, they're wild birds, but so they don't get up and run or get up and fly. Got it. Basically, they, they spin them around and then they plant them and they'll stay down. And then they have a dog. So I was on a, a side-by-side. Sitting in the front, had the shotgun. Dog was probably about 20, 25 yards ahead of us. And once it would slow up, we'd kind of creep up to it. And then they would give it a signal. It would go point and then scare the bird up. Okay. And then just try to get on it. And Yeah. I got three pheasants. So That's I went great. with my son, my oldest son, Spence. And uh, and something else I, I would love to do 10 times a summer. It's an, it's an awesome time uh, where we went. And the guy, they cleaned them. We, we had pheasant stew for... Uh, for lunch, just a great experience with your kids, like anything. Yeah, no, no where was that? I would take my kids there in a heartbeat. Now, they, and then they run that in the summer when it's not. So yeah, during pheasant season. Oh, during so pheasant season. Okay, fall. Probably, yeah. I'm trying to remember when that was. End of it September. Was, it was October is when they're not. We we caught a decent day, and it was probably like in the fifties, sunny, which isn't a bad day. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but I could get out and do. I loved. It. I wish I could do more of it. Just, the guy that I met when I first got paralyzed, Wally Ridgeway, he would hunt from his car because it's legal in right, Illinois. Yeah, you, you just shoot a from your right, vehicle permit. Right, shooting shooting from your vehicle, and he would drop off the other guys the mile away. They would walk the mile, and then when the birds came out, he would shoot them at the road. Uh, which, like for me, I, I kind of shied away from it because hunting to me, I enjoyed everything up to killing the thing like and then you know i never had a problem with killing it but even though i i was hunting since i was six years old like we started out the dad my dad put the little 410 shell in my pocket and then the next year i was allowed to put the shell in the gun but not cock that like like everything was like a step up step up so i've been doing a long time i've shot a lot of i mean everything geese ducks Pheasants, squirrels, rabbits, all, all that stuff. Oh, shit, I got 18 coyotes in one year wow. the one time. I never had a problem with killing something except for, like, a, I always got a twinge. I don't care if it was the last pheasant I shot or the first pheasant I shot. I always thought to myself, this animal was doing whatever it was doing all on its own, eating, living, and then I came along today and I took it. Now I'm going to eat it, so it's, it makes a difference, but I always I always had that twinge. I mean, and I hunted. What about fishing? Fish are out there doing anything, doing their kill own them. thing. I don't kill them. What about those ones on the wall? So okay, so right, so they don't look too alive. Do they? <laughs> so the muskie that's on the wall up there—that's a forty-nine inch muskie out of Lake Kincaid in Southern Illinois—and I was down there with a guide, and it was ninety-six degrees that day. We put the fish back; it swam off just fine. We were we the way we do with muskies is we take uh, these uh, Nipex bolt cutters. They're awesome German-made bolt cutters that cut through a, a double-odd hook like butter. Just and then, so when we bring the fish to the side of the boat and it's got all the treble hooks in its face, net it, put it in the net, and then we just go in there. We don't even pull the treble hooks out. Cut them all. They fall out of its face. Super, super careful with it. We get the camera set up. If you're going to put a musky hunter hat on, whatever you're going to do, you're all ready to go. I had that fish on video out of the water 33 seconds for for pictures, put it back. She swam off. We have the video of it swimming off. We were in the bay putting new uh, treble hooks on the baits, and the DNR guy comes back there, and he knew the guy. He said, hey, 
there's a really big muskie off that point struggling. And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, it's like over four feet or it's right around four feet. We went out there with my damn fish. We spent three hours. I got in the water, swam below the thermocline with the fish in between my legs, trying to get it to get oxygen and the, couldn't get it done. We took it. Um, the guy that I had was Chad Kane. He's supposed to be on the podcast, but he's terrific. He had a fishery biology degree, so he like he knew everything about the fish from the you know from everything. He had a, a 50 inch live well on the side of his boat. It was a musky boat, and it had a jet that pumped air and water and everything. We put it in there, trying to get like it flowing. Couldn't do it. So he's like, you know, we both felt bad because a musky's got scales on it that have rings like a tree. You can tell exactly how old it is. That fish is 17 years old. Oh, well. Took 17 years to grow it that big. Every muskie in Illinois is stocked. They can't breed. They go through the motions of it, but because of the way that it is here, they silt in. Because muskies aren't like bass. Bass, you know, they spawn and then the male sits there and cleans the nest and keeps it. Muskies spawn and go right back out to do what they were doing. Everything dies. So they live in flowages and stuff up in Wisconsin because there's a sandy bottom and everything's moving. Um, I felt terrible. Chad's like, listen, you're going to have to just honor the fish, get it mounted, put it on the wall. So that's the only muskie I've ever had mounted. It was that one that we lost. And I reframed from then ever fishing in the summertime. I would shut it down once it got to be like too hot out. Like I'm not doing that anymore. Jacques Cousteau would be impressed. Well, I'm just saying, my thing was, was I enjoy catching that fish. That That's the only fish I fish oh, sure. for, right? So and then the, release. I mean, once you get the pictures and you get everything, I yep. mean, you've got right. it. Now, when we were in Canada, we caught that walleye. The that fish that we eat that constantly, right? Because you're in Canada, it's the most wonderful shore lunch, right? Shore the lunch, best oh, you'll it's ever just have. terrific. But um, when I caught that fish, my father-in-law at the time was like, "I've been coming up here for six years, and I've always wanted to catch a big walleye, so I kept it." And you know, I kept that one walleye. The bass that's on the wall is an eight-pound bass that was caught musky fishing also on a huge musky bait right at boat side. And it was beautiful. I called my wife at the time, and I'm like, I don't bass fish, but it's really pretty. She goes, well, keep it. And I'm like, all right, so I did. So those are the three fish that I've killed as far yeah, as that those goes. Are, those are nice fish. Right, but otherwise, I don't kill them. I would kill uh, crappies and bluegills if I caught them to eat sort of a thing. But again, sure. I'm eating them, so I'm not feeling right. that bad. But I still, like in my own lake here, it's 10 acres. It was a quarry. It's kind of deep. I stock it, so I kind of do feel bad. Like if I if I kill something, I have the fish that are in the tank here. These are from the lake too, and the idea with them was they were small when I put them in there. I'm saving them through the winter. They're growing, growing, growing. This spring I'll put them back in the lake. Hopefully they spawn and all that other stuff. Nice. But uh, so you know, not everybody has your adventurous spirit as far as that goes. I do know no. guys in chairs that don't get out. Oh, I know. Quite a few. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, I just don't want to undermine the fact that you're, the service that you're providing is huge. That's It, it could be life-changing for somebody. There's people 100%. that went on that camping trip that were down in the dumps, yes. feeling bad. So, you know, I'm peddling for sponsors on this is what I'm talking about. The people that donate the money are what is the lifeblood of what totally keeps things is. going yes, on exactly. for, for sore. So, you yep. know, I, my plan is, until I find out we we're competing, I might have to do a little more miles. Well, I, I'm kidding, Brian. No, you, uh, know, you, you could arrest. You're going to wipe me out. Don't right, worry right. about uh, it. I mean, I, you're in great shape. Look at that. But, I mean, your so, hands work. You, you, right. I, I take a couple weeks off. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, 
But my, my plan is to do 10 miles and then, you know, get as many sponsors as I can to, to get money thrown that way. And then uh, my other goal, like I said, is to try and train enough to get to the point where I could do that triathlon. And we'll get you a free wheel. I, I just think you, you'll lose. Now, you'll, how, how, I was looking at that, like I asked you about that too. It doesn't look like it would help me on the street. It does. It does. It yeah. will roll way better than those casts. Really? Oh, big okay. Time. Okay. Big yeah, time. I, I can't it's wait like to try it out. Check it out. It'd be like going okay. backwards. Okay. You know how going backwards on the pavement yeah, yeah, is yeah. so yeah. much easier. Sure, sure. Because you've got sure. the big wheels in back. Right. Same right. thing. Even though it's only 12 inches versus those casters. Yeah. Any of our casters, it makes it. Well, my problem with my casters are I need to tighten them up because they do a thing where they do that wobble. Oh. So yeah. I'm busting down Shopping downhill. cart wobble. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And I always mess up my kids. If there's a hill somewhere, like I'm always throwing my hands in the air like I'm like I'm out of control. And then... You go to break and all of a sudden you start to wobble. All those things. And it totally stops me like yeah, bad. all the darn dog hair we get in them. And the dog hair, oh. for sure, for sure. I mean, there's times where... Um, like my hands work slightly better than yours, but my hands are yeah. shit. Uh, I throw myself on the couch... And then I started to dismantle my chair with the tools. And, I mean, I've got, like, donuts of dog hair oh, yeah. On, yeah. on the sides there. It's terrible. Yeah. I've done it where I've gone somewhere where there's hills. And the dog hair is a little burnt. Because, oh, yeah, you smell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, almost yeah, smell right, it. Right, yeah. right from, the, from the rotations. But, I mean, to your point, we, we are the exception to the average quad. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, I was super impressed with you when I had you on last time. I don't know if I could the the longevity that you've had. I mean, there's lots of guys that have had skin issues. First, the skin issues are the the biggest. That that's a kiss of death. Yes, I I dated a therapist that worked at RIC, and I think that was her biggest fear. fear. Oh my God, that you would get a skin issue because it is it's a kiss of death. You're all of a sudden you're we're relegated to this thing. If 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 we get eight inches of snow. I gotta stay in. I'm not gonna go anywhere. The problem is, is that I go to go out with my friends for lunch. They've pushed all the snow onto the stripes, so I can't get out of my <laughs> yeah, damn van. They do. Right, right. Oh, Terrible. Um, and if they don't do that, then it's snowed enough where every moron in the world parks on the stripes anyway, yeah. and because I, I can't see them. Uh, so I'm relegated inside for that, and that bothers me enough. Let alone if I had some massive. Yeah. lap surgery that had to go on to cover that up and I was off like I don't know how I don't know how you kept it together for four months with the broken femurs I, I don't know how that that yeah. that's that is a that's something that a Buddhist monk would have like respect for you for the fact that you got through because and, and ain't easy especially knowing that I do not sit still very well and anybody who knows me will attest to that. I just do not sit well for any length of time. I'm fidgety. I'm moving. I'm, I'm doing something. My mind's always going. So that was that was torturous. I mean, that was oh, God. on top of the fact that even though we don't feel pain, like I, my feet, my legs didn't hurt, um, getting you know a bit of autonomic dysreflexia yep. and the pain that comes in other ways. So I sweat for the first time. I mean, really sweat. From the pain and nothing worked the pain meds nothing worked on me because of the spinal cord injury. yeah so yeah. i had the fentanyl patch did absolutely nothing i had almost any kind of med you could think of at home 
and it just didn't do anything. So it wasn't just laying there, then it was laying there trying to mentally deal with the pain. And you're you're restricted on the positions you can be in and everything back. else. Yeah, My that back. was that was it. Oh God, back. crazy. I, I enjoy to get on the bed and get on my stomach and like I don't know, do some like you know quad yoga where I'm like totally stretching your, my yep. my abdomen, my flexors, hip flexors. Oh, hap- yep. Right. And I mean, I would spend you, an hour just jacking yeah. around with that stuff. Like, and that. you should. We should. I mean, anybody in a chair should right get right. to their stomach and spend some time, especially stretching uh, stretching out your hip flexors, your abs. Well, the other one that we do, I don't know how you are with it, but we're always kind of like hunch forward a little bit too. Like you're using um, your head for balance. Yeah. I like to get in a chair that I can like. I don't have tippers on, so I can't. If I do that, my chair is balanced enough right now that if I throw my head back, I'll go back. Yeah. But if I'm in my shower chair, if I can pull up to a counter and get my knees locked in there and just stretch out my neck in a way, oh, it feels so good. Stretch out my chest where I can, like, get it get, you know, that's spread out. Opens over, uh, Monica will do that. She'll grab my arms and just pull my shoulders, pull them back, pull them back. And it's like you could just feel it opening. Yeah, right, right, oh, right, my right, gosh. right. And, that, I mean, when I do my miles, I get a little winded, too, because our depth of breath is shit. Too. Like I probably, I don't know what I take. I know it was measured when I was in the hospital, but I want to say it was low, like like 30? twenty, yeah, twenty five percent of what somebody normally breathes in, because your diaphragm doesn't work the same yeah. way. So like you've got all these restrictions, then you've got restrictions with the terrain and everything else. So like all the respect in the world for for people to, to get people out there. The yeah. camping trip that I went on absolutely guys it was like three or four days i think you had the choice to to do three or four days there were definitely guys that by the end of the weekend were like had a different attitude by they did not think they could do it um they'd be there their wives or their kids were doing everything for them the first day and then they'd be like oh let me let me try let me give you a little something some people like um i talked to a couple people that their one woman's dad was in his 60s and he got paralyzed and she goes, it was a death sentence. He died. He just died yeah. from that sort of thing. I think that they, it's so tough, and then they've, they've run into the first little bit more adver, you know, adversement. That's all you have in front of you. Right. Coming out of the rehab, everybody thinks is awesome, but that is when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rehab is the easy part. Right, I mean, right, right. You get out there, and as you well know, into the real world, it is way uglier right. than being in the rehab. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice to be back. There's no place like home. There's no place around family. And that's just all changed a lot, However, too. However, now, now, did you do rehabs? Where did you do rehab at? At RIC, Rehabilitation so Institute. So way back when you were 16, 17 years old that you were doing it there? Yeah. Okay. Now, how was it? Because I'm told the structure is completely different there now than it was 10 years before I was there. And that would well, only be 27 is, years. If you think about well, they it, said they were doing like uh, home visits where they would let you go home for the weekend, see how you would do, and then come bring you back. And... I went home probably three weeks before I was going to be released. Right. You know, so it, there was, it was probably two straight, two and a half straight months without going home. Oh, yeah. I was there for four months. And the, the way that it was structured when I was there, they, if you went home and could stay for the weekend home, insurance wanted you out of there. They wanted you to be at home now because that was it. Like if you can manage at home, then you can manage at home. So they, they were like, don't go home because if you go home and you can manage, 
insurance is going to want you to be at home. I, I lived in a raised bungalow. Going home and spending a weekend didn't mean you managed. I mean, I, I, we didn't have a bathroom I could get into. We had it, the, the we built a ramp on the front of the house that the pitch was you could have skied down. So, uh, but you're right. The insurance companies wanted you out of there, but you weren't getting that kind of therapy. No, you know, well, you weren't going you I know, had three, a, four classes where you know some two guys could get you out of the out of your chair, get you on the ground. They'd be ranging you. They'd be you know all the things you did. You you could do you could mimic most of that at home, but at that point in your injury. It's, it's well, my OT was from Australia, and she said that in her country, she was here like interning just to like see how everything worked here, learn whatever she could from mm-hmm. the American system. But she said if you were in Australia, you would be in the rehab institute over a year wow. learning everything. And I think that it's harder on your family to send a guy home that's not ready to go home. The paras that I had a para that was a roommate, he was in there for two weeks. They pretty much taught him like wheelchair mobility and stuff yeah. and said, you're on your own, man. Get out of here. But do you know what life would be with your hands? It would, oh. it would be amazing. It really I would. Mean, I'm telling you what. Balance? Yeah, balance. Natural balance. Right. I would, your, I mean, I would for sure wow. be a guy that would seatbelt it in my seat and do pull-ups oh, with the chair you. strapped to my ass because... You'd be back up in Canada fishing. Right. Be, no, oh, honestly, right. You would, right. it's a life changer. It's I'm going to get up to Canada pretty soon. I, I, my... Uh, I'm blessed with the boys being as athletic and strong as That's they are. Nice. We're going to get up there and do that. My my problem is I moved to this place on the lake. Where I was at before, I had the pontoon boat. And the pontoon boat was great. Uh, there's only a couple brands of pontoon boats that have wide enough gate for a guy in a chair to bust into those. And we would just take out the, the chair, and I would drive from the, you know. Nice. Oh, yeah. Boat's the only thing that's not. You don't need your feet anyway. So drove the boat and everything else. Um, there was a couple times I'd like to get out of this chair. I kept the captain's seat in there, and they would transfer in there, and then just take the chair and pitch it out. The problem is you can't get around the boat then. Right. You're stuck Unless in Unless you leave your chair there. But Not once you get room. in the captain's chair, I drive from a captain's chair in my van. Right. I don't drive from my wheelchair. It is so comfortable. Comfortable, correct. Oh, right. my God. And right. it's great for pressure relief. Now i got to get out of my chair. So it's a little exercise to get out of my chair into the captain's chair. You're sitting different. Everything's different, and, and that's good for pressure source. Mm. But no, I appreciate you having me on again. I get, and uh, I hey, look forward to nice hat and uh, so, so a couple t-shirts, which uh, I generally keep everything. I'm not a hat wearing guy most of the time, unless it's uh, you know out fishing or something for for the sun. But uh, I always keep everything on the on the table here that people bring me. Um, but I'm going to be putting the the link up there. Uh, you know, besides subscribing to the YouTube channel and everything else with the podcast, please uh, donate. Brian's connected with me on Facebook. Um, you posted on my timeline the, yep. the one thing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to figure out how to get uh, – I'll do the text thing with everyone else that's not yeah. on there. And I'll send it out my office and stuff too for the real estate office. But, uh, you know, let's see if we can raise some money for some other guys that could use a hand. And, you know, the paralysis thing, we're talking about guys that are paralyzed at their waist being – a completely another world than we are. There's guys that are tetraplegics. That's a whole other game where you can't move a thing. So, I mean, I know a guy in Oregon that's got a foundation that he's paralyzed from. Well, that's his... Christopher Reeves. I mean, you know, he, right. he he had to be on a ventilator. He, I think he broke C1. I mean, Hangman's really high. Right, and right, and uh, right. I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, so is what I've been a quad 40 years. I still feel blessed. Yeah, I mean, oh, it right. could be worse. That, As you always, all know, it could be always. worse. Right, And right. 
you know, it's what you make of it. it right. I mean, I can be ugly. Right. I mean, that's why you got a hat. Right, 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 right. There you go. You know, that hair's not getting any thicker. This no, one, mine's getting pretty thin, too. That'll, that'll keep you from... I'm a, I'm a little bit away from getting the Bic razor and just shaving her all off of there. But uh, but anyways, I appreciate you being out. No, uh, and as I told you, I, I would love to continue get, uh, doing this because I think we have so much common. And I, I think through our words and, and our actions, we can help more people. And that's right. really what it's about. Right, right, right. right. And I, I mean, I like to get the word out on... The paralyzed thing, because I think there's the, I always fight those misconceptions as to what's going on with us as far as that goes. And I like that. Like I said, I wanted to get your wife on and talk to her about. Her perception would be interesting because. Right. She, I didn't even think about it until you said that the last time. The, 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 well, the I've been blessed that uh, she's a crazy smart woman because she married me. And uh, <laughs> uh, is a saint because uh, we've celebrated 30 years of being married and she has been, been through the good and the bad and the ugly yeah right, and still right. stays by my side i don't know how she does it i honestly don't i i uh, i don't know but her insights are way going to be way different than ours i see your facebook um, post you're obnoxious oh yeah no i am i i, I am <laughs> and i was this way before the accident people who, who've known me for 50 plus years will say i was sarcastic I was the same guy before the accident. I have not changed. Good, good, I was good. the same guy after the accident. I'm not an easy person. Um, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm demanding, demanding of myself. I'm demanding of my family, of my children, of of everybody. But I will give you more than I demand. I, I just don't think you can be sure. demanding without giving. And and I, I try to live by example. Um and I push hard with everything. And that's one of the other reasons I wrote the, the, one of the books I did, The Quad Father, was I guess I wanted to disturb people's complacency and say, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, get out and start living life. Because I, I've, I've posted the cure to paralysis. I, I've got the cure to paralysis. It's not walking. The cure to paralysis is living yeah. and thriving, not sure, walking. Sure, sure, sure. If you're, and there's too many people waiting to walk. And... I don't know what you're waiting for because I've had an awesome life. You you share story after yep. story with your sons. Yep. There are people out there that are walking that can't have don't have half the stories you do about stuff they've done with their kids. Right. And shame on them. Right. Um, that's precious time. Yep. You found a way to do it from the chair. So it's out there. It's just how bad you want it. And, and we're very similar. We both want things. And we just go get them. And if we fail, we fail. That's okay. Right, you get right, up again. Right. And yeah, that's the thing. I have no problem with failing. It's nope. no big deal at this. I point. get people that think my only focus is to get, like you were saying, the you know cured from paralysis. It's really not. I don't even think about it that much. I think about well, how I'm going to do something and I get it done. But uh, thanks again. Uh, donate. Like I said, the link will be on the on the video. Please, you know, sponsor me with the sore thing. And uh, you know, thanks for uh, watching the podcast. Thanks for Subscribe. Having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming out.